Anybody feel a little revival in the air? Anybody feel a little revival in your spirit tonight? Anybody feel a little revival in your heart tonight? I feel some hope rising up. Hallelujah, the promise is going to be fulfilled. I said the promise is going to be fulfilled. His word is not going to come back on. His word is not going to come back on. We got our revival. We got our revival. Ain't no God like this God. There's no Savior like this Savior. There's no Holy Ghost like this Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Oh, isn't it great to feel the Lord in the house tonight? Man, I'm telling you what, it's nothing like getting a good Wednesday night drunk throughout the rest of the week. I'm telling you what. <laughs> What's wrong with having a party? Why you want to wait to Sunday night when you can have it on Wednesday night? Hallelujah. Read the Old Testament. I'm telling you, they partied every time they turned around. Every morning they got up, they was partying. Every night, they man, before they went to bed, they was partying. They began to have ceremonies and feasts. And hallelujah. I'm telling you, they'd find reasons to party. They'd find reasons to have church. This nation used to find reasons to have church. Hallelujah. We're going back on it. We're going back. We're going back to the old chief cornerstone. We're going back to some old landmarks. We're going to go back also to some old-fashioned moving of the Holy Ghost. It's our only hope, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, without the move of God, the anointing of God, we can all hang it up. But by it and with it, we're going to win. My, my, my. It's nothing like the Lord. Nothing like the touch of the Holy Ghost in the house. You can't have church without the Holy Ghost. You can have dead church, but you can't have live church. You can't have good old conviction without the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I'm glad we don't have ingrained in our hearts tonight in spirit. Amen. That Wednesday night's supposed to be dead and slow and everybody's tired. No, you couldn't have church, didn't you? You come on purpose, didn't you? You couldn't think of a better place to be on this Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Excited, amen, to get dressed and come to the house of God. Come to love and worship the Lord here tonight. If you'd like, you can return to your chair, sister. right I'm telling you the blood will flow the healing will flow I'm telling you he wants to do it in somebody's spirit tonight he wants to give revival in somebody's spirit tonight we haven't missed it honey we haven't missed it God's got it God's got it God's on target he knows what he's doing Woo. and I'm telling you you can have your drugs. You can have your alcohol. You can have your stinking world. Give me more of Jesus. I want to fall back in love with Jesus. I want to fall back in love with church. I want to fall back in love having good church. Praise God. Tell you what, this has got to be an exciting place. We used to say the most exciting place on the Gulf Coast. And it, it is. This is where the demonic can come. This is where the alcoholic can come. This is where the drug addict can come and find what he's looking for. He don't have to quit partying. He's just going to find a different element. Hallelujah. And in that element, he's going to find peace and joy. Hallelujah. And faith. He's going to find, amen, resources and powers and supply. Oh, there'll be an enemy to rise up against him, but greater is he. Greater is he. The church is going to be raptured. Somebody's going to be walking in faith. Somebody's going to be raptured off this earth. I don't care how bad it gets. I'm telling you, there's going to be some saints of God that's going to war against that Antichrist spirit. Hallelujah. To the very last day. As God's with us and walking with us and guide us along this journey. I'm not about to let this pandemic or nothing else. Amen. Rob me of the victory that God gave me. 
me. None of that gave it to me and none of that can take it. Can I ask y'all something now? How many of you got, you got more tonight than you did when you came to Jesus? Wearing more clothes? Good possibility. Not literally wearing more clothes, but I mean, yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I remember some of them telling me about, hey man, when there's about three certain young ladies. Hallelujah. Oh, about... Uh, uh, 40 something years ago somewhere about amen when they first come to church and they'd worship and magnifying God and doing the twist and all that good stuff hallelujah they'd have to run around with them <laughs> Woo! hallelujah that's alright you let them come as they are hallelujah we'll do whatever we got to do and you let the Holy Ghost and God and God's work work on them I tell you what they'll line up they fall in love with this they don't have no problem lining up the real problem's falling in love honey how many of you you know brother Williams talked about this he talked about you know seeing that real beautiful lady you know that knockout but walking with that guy you know I tell you what happened she fell in love. It's all in the eyes of the holder. And she didn't fall in love with his money. Because like most of us, we don't have it. Most of the time, we got to get a good manager before we can get money. Uh, I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah. Ladies, you need to be a good manager. If you'll be a good manager, guess what? That's in the Bible. I tell you, God's working in Bendale, Mississippi. I know the devil's doing his best to hinder. The devil's doing his best to divide. The devil's doing, but the devil's best is not going to be good enough because God gave his best. And through the best of Jesus Christ and the blood of the Lamb and the option of the Holy Ghost, we're going to win this race and win this battle. Praise God, praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated or just go to your chairs. We'll read a verse. We'll read a verse to you. We'll try to get. Man, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is with us tonight. Thank God for the Holy Ghost and His sweet presence in our lives and here in this service. Let me say again, it is good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord tonight. And Praise God. Pray for those that's. Wasn't able to be here for one reason or another. And uh, God, maybe they were able to listen across the airways and God reaching out and touching them tonight. Likewise, ministering to their lives. Got your Bibles? 2 Corinthians 1 and 21. 1 and 21. Praise God. Sister Judy, good to see you tonight. Missed you Sunday night. I bless you. Are you here with Sunday night? Was Sunday morning? Oh, okay. Okay. You, you weren't sitting in your seat, so I missed you. I'm sorry. Praise God. Hallelujah. The, the right hand wasn't in the right place. So. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Praise God. Second Corinthians 121. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ hath anointed us and hath anointed us is God. Is God. I, I've... Uh, this is still on the same little series, if that's what you want to call it, amen, during a pandemic, some things that we ought to pursue. And so something we ought to pursue in this pandemic is the anointing of God. <laughs> I want the anointing of God, amen. And how, how much more do I need that anointing in a time like this? When every word, every direction that we take can mean life or death for somebody. Boy, y'all already looking at me funny. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? Under the anointing of God, God would cause individuals and places under that anointing to do things that they could not ordinarily do it. Because if they could have ordinarily done it, then they wouldn't have needed the anointing of God. And so likewise, even you and I know, whenever we sing and worship and pray, whatever we do, amen, it's a whole lot better with the anointing of God upon it. You could take people that can't preach much, and you can take people that can't sing a whole lot, but let the anointing of God get a hold of them, and they can bless the whole congregation. They can bless the whole service. They can turn it upside 
upside down because it wasn't the individual. It was anointing that was upon the individual. And when that anointing, amen, comes from God and it's not ciphered up and it's not manipulated by man, hallelujah, disguised by the devil, but it's genuine and powerful from the heavens, that anointing, amen, that's got that Jerusalem ring with it. That anointing, amen, I'm telling you, that loosened up the fountains of a merry heart. That anointing that heals bodies. That anointing, amen, that revives the soul and the spirit of an individual. So I want to preach it just a little while here tonight on the anointing. The anointing. I've told some of you, God bless you, Lord, help us do a good job here tonight. And I want the Lord to help us. Because we sure can't do this by ourselves, that's for sure. I've told people from way back. I had somebody said, it's going to go hear me preach. I said, I'm going to tell you right now. I wouldn't walk here to that door to hear me preach if the anointing God don't fall. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, I'm telling the truth. If you think I'm going to impress you with my abilities and oratorial abilities and memorizations and things of that nature, you, you, you're going to be mad, badly mistaken. You'd be better off go get a Burger King. Hallelujah. Go get you a burger. Hallelujah. But, but if we can get under the anointing, if we can get under that anointing, Man, find the heart of the Holy Ghost, the vein of the Holy Ghost for the service and, and the mind of God, amen, for the service and what he wants us to say and how he wants us to worship and the songs that he wants us to sing. That's the reason we seek after God. That's the reason, amen, that we pray and, and try to, to make arrangements. Now, God can break in any time he wants to, as far as I'm concerned. Hallelujah. It's, it's, this is God's business. And whenever he gets ready to change the plans, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. But you know what? Amen. That's also under the anointing of God. And so as you look at this particular verse here that I read to you tonight, amen. When you look at that, it actually means to establish. Amen. Without the anointing of God, we're really not established. We're not grounded. We're not anchored down. When you begin to be tossed to and fro, hallelujah, that's whenever you begin. That's the first thing I preached about was praying. Amen. The second thing is seeking the Father's will. Amen. And then now here tonight, and I preached several times about the Father's will and direction. And you know the scripture lesson I took, amen, from Jesus Christ and, and Gethsemane. Hallelujah. But it was that anointing that Jesus Christ got under, amen, even under the time in Gethsemane. And whenever he sought God and sought the will of the Father, he knew that the only one that could remove that cup was him. But tell you, not my will, but thy will be done. See, that's what the anointing of God does. Us. Amen. Because our will gets out of the way. Our ways of way it ought to go and our opinions and ideals and things of that nature get out of the way. When you get under the anointing of God, all of that's driven out of you. All of that you can overcome and you can put it under your feet. And so as we watch the lesson here tonight about the anointing of God. Amen. And you're going to see where God amen, pick places and things of that nature. And I won't try to be long. I realize already 10 to 8. But, uh, but just stay with me for just a few minutes here tonight. Because I promise you the anointing of God's in how many singers is in the house and how many singers want to be anointed when you sing? How many instrument players is in the house, amen, and how many instrument players want to be anointed? You don't want to just play an instrument, you want to be anointed. I am a little concerned about the times that we're living and the different things that's going on. I mentioned this to my wife, amen, today. Uh, we, was, we had an opportunity to go some places. And we was in the automobile a little while today. And, and so we was talking about the Holy Ghost and just talking about the things of that nature. And I, I told her, yeah, hey, we could be preaching about the anointing and the things of that. But anyway, I said, you know, uh, we live in a world today that seems like tongues just popping up everywhere. Everybody wants to speak in tongues and things of that nature, you know. And, but uh, don't live just in the old way. But yet, you know, but I'm going to tell you something. Whenever you begin to talk about the anointing, and when God puts his anointing on something, a place or a vessel or an individual or even a church, that anointing automatically begins to put it, set it aside. It's sanctified. It's set aside under that anointing for a purpose and for a reason. Hallelujah. And so as you watch the scriptures, we can see one of the first times in a religious way, if you want to put it that way, and the way that God works. We can see this in Jacob's life. Whenever you go to Genesis, the 28th chapter, you're going to read of his life. You know the story of Jacob. 
Jacob and Esau. And how that Jacob had to flee for his wife and uh, flee from his family. Amen. Had to forsake his mom and dad. Hallelujah. He deceived uh, Isaac, his dad. And now he's going to go to get him a wife because Esau was going to get to the Canaanite women. And so they was going to send Jacob. Amen. And we're going to go to back to, to uh, uh, Rebecca's uh, uh, dad's uh, brother's uh, uh, daughter. Amen. Rebecca. And so as he makes his way back and on his way there. Amen. The Bible says it. Here's how it kind of puts it. He said, Behold, the Lord stood above it. Now he's, he's fell asleep. He put up some, some stones. Amen. For a pillar. Amen. To rest. It got late and he had to go to sleep. And in that time when he went to sleep, God gave him a dream and God comes down and speaks to him. Listen to what the Lord tells him. The Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, the father and the God of Egypt and the land wherein thou liest. To thee will I give it and to thy seed. Thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. Thou shalt spread abroad the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. In thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. It was the same promise, the same blessing that had begun to his grandpa that was handed down to Isaac and now it's going to be handed down to Jacob. And the 15th verse says, And I am with thee. I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. I bring thee again into this land. I will not leave thee... Until I have done that which I have spoken to the uh. What a what a promise. Because he's headed into a strange land. He doesn't have a little bit no more of what he's got on his back, what he's toting. That's all he's got. He's just following, obeying daddy and mom at this time in his life. Doesn't have a whole lot to look forward to, but God shows up in a dream with the angels descending. And this was spoken to him. And so the promises the Lord said, I'm gonna be with you. Hallelujah. And I'm gonna keep you, and I'm gonna keep you until I fulfill that that I have purposed in your life. And so when Jacob woke up out of that sleep, he said, surely the Lord was in this place. Has the Lord been in this place tonight? Has the Lord walked up and down these aisles tonight? Don't be like Jacob now. The Lord was in this place and I knew it not. We can let our own feelings. We can let our own attitudes. We can let the devil, we can let flesh, amen, rob us of the visitation of God. But if we got a hunger and a thirst, amen, for the touch of God, for the will of God, I tell you, God just won't walk by. I'm telling you, he'll reach out and touch us. He'll call out, amen, he'll cry out to us. He's got time to visit with us on this Wednesday night. Amen. To not our lives, or not our minds, or not our spirits, and help us along this life's journey. Right. So as you watch Jacob here, Jacob rose up early in the morning and he took the stone that he had used for a pillars and he set it up for a pillar. P-I-L-L-A-R. <laughs> Amen. And poured all upon the top of it. Sanctifying it. Making this a, a, a place to remember from that point on, especially in his life. Because if you read about the life of Jacob, it's going to be 20 years later. But he's going to make his way back to this very place that he calls Bethel. That's the reason some churches and tabernacles are called Bethel. Because Bethel simply means the house of God. I'm telling you, if there's any place that needs to be anointed, it must be the house of God. It's a place where you and I come together. It's a place that you and I, amen, have agreed together for a set time. Amen. And an appointed time, amen, to, to come and assemble ourselves together. And if that place is anointed, as we gather here, I'm telling you, there's no telling what will happen. How I many of you remember, amen, I hadn't probably been pastoring about a year had Brother G.R. Travis come down and we dedicated this place. And how the key, he, he had us, if you'll remember. We had altars back then, amen. It was sitting out here. And he, we, took an, uh, we took all and we anointed those altars. That wasn't all we'd done. We went over here and we anointed the doors. Sometimes people forget about who's anointed this place. Sometimes we get an attitude and the Spirit just walking in your way and it don't matter. But I'm going to tell you what, there's anointing on this place. I tell you, the devil hates it. The world hates it. But God loves it. And under that anointing, amen, when we walk in this place, hallelujah, under that anointing and what has been set up, I tell you, words don't slip by God. He remembers yesterday as though it was a thousand years and a thousand years as though it was yesterday. You and I may come up and, and slip and we may forget, but God don't forget. And so whatever we do, amen, to get His anointing in this place, hallelujah, you know what? God's going to honor it. And when we do it according to the word of God and by faith in Jesus Christ, that's the reason the Bible says where two or three are come together in his name. He said, I'm in the midst. I'm in it. I'm, I'm far. I think, man, I'll tell you, Jesus Christ is always wanting to be in the midst. Hallelujah. Those seven churches, regardless how bad they were, Jesus still wanted to be in the midst of them. And it doesn't matter. Amen. Our church is some, still, still Jesus wants to work in Bendale, Mississippi. 
I still believe there's some lunatics out there that God wants to save. That, that's captivated my spirit, my heart. That prayer right there. I believe there's some single moms out there that's, that's looking for some help. Not just money. <laughs> They're looking for some help. They're looking for some God help. <laughs> I believe there's some kids out there. Some of them six, seven, eight, nine years old. They don't even know where the mom and dad's at right now. They're out doing their thing. Got them left there, amen. Maybe with an older brother or something. <laughs> As they go to bed, possibly hungry again tonight because mom and dad's somewhere else. <laughs> I tell you, God's working on us. We can have revival in those folks. We may just be shocked what God does when He starts pulling them in and bringing them to the house of God. And they feel the anointing of God and they feel the love of God. Sometimes we're not careful. We don't really appreciate our families as much as we should. The love and compassion, caring, providing. See, that's what the devil's all about. He's a divider. He wants to tear up families, divide families. That's the reason he uses those certain elements. Amen. And he uses them as tools, amen, to cause division. I don't know why I got on that, but I did. But you know what? We got a heavenly father. And you'll find out if you come to Jesus Christ and you sell out to him. And you get under his divine anointing. You'll find a help here that you won't find no other place. And I know there's a spirit's going to rise up against me on that right there. But it's still right. It's still right. There's a father, a man in the heavens. He didn't miss anything. Can we tell you what the key to some of that is? Is making up in your own mind and heart and spirit. God, I want to be who you want me to be. I'm not comparing myself with that one down the road. I'm not comparing myself with that one up the road. I want to be who you want me to be. I want to walk the path you want me to walk. I want to fulfill the call you put in my life. I'm not going to worry about what that one's doing and what that one's what's happening to this one. I'm not going to look at all that. I'm not going to look around and say, well, boy, if I had so-and-so. If I, no, no, you're my heavenly father. And you promised me that you supply, supply my every need. And if I just get under your anointing. If I just get under your anointing. You know what that anointing do? It starts destroying yokes that the devil will put on you. It'll start destroying yokes. Amen. That, that bad decisions and bad choices that you made in life. That anointing start breaking those yokes off of you. Hallelujah. It'll put a life in you. It'll put a reason to live. It'll put a reason I'm going to the house of God. Hallelujah. I'm not undone. I'm not undone. I've come to a place. Amen. One that can make me whole. One that can wash me and make me whole. I can take on a new name. I can take on my father's name. I can take on his blood. Hallelujah. And I promise of his inheritance. It's the anointing of God that gets in our lives. And so we have to guard it. We have to protect it. We live in a world today that, that just wants to treat God and the house of God any old way. I'm not trying to be ugly here. And I'm, trying to, I'm not here to offend nobody. I'm not here to be mad at nobody. But we're going to be anointed. We're going to be sanctified. We're going to be set, we're going to be set apart. We're going to be set aside for His service. For his glory. That's what the anointing is really all about. You watch this. And so that's what Jacob done. One of the first times you read of anointing. Especially of stone. He takes that same stone. Pours it all out. Because 20 years later. He's going to make his way back. Amen. He talks about I come across this place with nothing but a staff. Listen to what he says about this. He said, and Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat, raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. (laughs) Woo! 
There's a peace problem in the United States of America. You know why? Because America's turned her back on God. Amen. The family's not the important one anymore. They're doing everything. They're helping the devil, amen, to destroy the family. Because you can't have a family without a father and a mother, honey. You can't have a wholesome and a complete family. You'll never have a complete family with two daddies. You hear me? You'll never have a complete family with two mamas. If that be the case, well, again, you get your own, own bambino. And don't try to adopt none. And don't try to do any of those things. You can't do it. God hadn't anointed. God hadn't blessed it. But when that were weak, weak, children, you know what y'all need to do, young people? You need to start purposing, making up in your mind right now. God, I want to be the family you want me to be. And it doesn't matter what family you raised in and how bad it's been. Don't get on that pity thing. God's bigger than all that. That feeling sorry for yourself, you need to get over that. I'm going to say that again. That's good preaching right there. You need to get over feeling sorry for yourself. Hallelujah. Because you know what? You got a heavenly father that paid the price to get you out. Hallelujah. You got, you got a heavenly father, amen, that you get under his anointing and under his heart, beating under his will. I'm telling you, he can bring you out. If he can get Joseph out of a dungeon and bring him the second man in commandment, amen, in one day. One day. He can do the same thing for you and I, especially now through Jesus Christ. You begin to call on Him with earnestness and sincerity. And you don't let... I'm going to go back to it. It's all about love. I told him Monday night. I said, our biggest problem, man, we don't love Jesus. We don't love Jesus like we did. I'm falling back in love with Jesus, folks. I'm going to fall back in love with holiness, too. Ain't nothing wrong with holiness. In fact, there's everything right with holiness. Hallelujah. I'm glad I don't have to do this and do that and get up in the morning time confused about what color to get my hair and, and all this other stuff. Hallelujah. I'm glad I can just be me. Hallelujah. And you know what? Ain't a whole lot to me. Ain't much to me. But God seemed fit. Amen. He thought I was worth dying for. He thought I was worth filling up with the Holy Ghost. He thought I was worth being anointed. I didn't earn none of it. It's been His grace and mercy and compassion. And hallelujah. You know what? I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to stay with it. And I'm going to love it. Coming to the house of God is not a regret. Coming to the house of God is not a chore. Coming to the house of God, I love and worship Him. I find joy in doing this. So as you watch the anointing, you can go to Moses. Leviticus 8 and 10 to 12. And you're going to see where, where Moses himself, he began to anoint the tabernacle. He began to sanctify them. <laughs> Set them aside. I'm going to tell you something. I was impressed in the Holy Ghost. I feel it was Holy Ghost. Maybe it's just me. But I was impressed in the Holy Ghost today or yesterday. <laughs> My days get to run together sometimes. Notice what the scripture said. Sanctified them. He set them aside. I'm going to preach on this sometime probably. Oh, Belsajar got himself in trouble whenever he took the vessels that belonged to God in the temple of God. Daddy never took them out. He left them. But son didn't pay attention. But whenever they got under the wrong influence, he said, hey, go get those vessels. And when they began to take those vessels and bring them out and party and drink the wine, son, the judgment of God came down. Can I tell you something tonight? You better watch. Amen. This is all my lesson now. Here we go. Touch not my anointed. It's a very dangerous thing, hallelujah, to start touching the anointed of God. It's a very dangerous thing to start running them down or making remarks about them. In fact, Jesus Christ talks about it. To offend even one of these little ones, that we and I would be far better off than a rock were tied around our neck and we'd cast into the sea than to offend one of these little ones. So you see, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows what anointing He wants to put on them. He knows what He wants to mold them and make them out of. He knows how to touch their little eyes and touch your heart at a very early age when the world said going to mark them off and the world said they don't have much hope. I'm going to tell you what you got all the hope you need in Jesus Christ you got all the hope you need in the anointing of God because the anointing of God destroys the yokes and the bind your honey so as Moses set things aside and sanctified it you can go to Deuteronomy 27 he begins to talk of Moses, the elders of Israel, command to the people, keep all the commandments which I command you this day. I want you to, I want you to watch this. And it shall be on the day when ye shall pass over Jordan, 
unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now this is in Deuteronomy. That we know that Moses, he's not going to get to go. He's writing this and gave him instructions all the way through. What to do to get on the other side. What's going to transpire and going to take place. I've never noticed this. And it shall be on the day when he shall pass over Jordan. Until the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That thou shalt set thee up great stones. And plaster them with plaster. Plaster them with plaster. <laughs> Praise God. If you go back in Genesis and you read another time of plasters. Whenever Babel. And the people of Babel. When they decided to build their own city and build a tower. They didn't have stone in that, in that geographic location. So they had to make their own brick. And the Bible says they used plaster. It's a mortar type. Also plaster, amen, a lot of times it's referred to like, a, like sheetrock mud. But here you're going to notice and, and watch what he says, the third verse. And thou shalt write upon them all the words of this law. When thou art passed over, that thou mayest go in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. A land that floweth with milk and honey, as the Lord God of the fathers hath promised thee. Therefore it shall be. When he shall go over Jordan, that he shall be that he shall set up these stones which I command you this day in Mount Ebal, and thou shalt plaster them with plaster. You know why? He would have to write the commandments. There's some landmarks God never intended for us to ever get away from. There's some old pathways that God did never intend for us to get away from. It's a dangerous thing. And hey, the sea of life. We're, we're, we're just like vessels, buddy, on the sea of life. And, and, and the, the tide alone, amen, can, can cause you to drift out. And drift too far. Just life and dealing with life. And, and having, to, having to deal with it. But I'm not interested drifting from God. I'm interested, amen, even fighting against the tide. <laughs> Fighting against what, well, well, everybody's doing this and everybody's doing that and all that. No. <laughs> Amen. I want to make sure I stay close enough. I can, I can see him. I want to make sure I stay close enough that I can hear the captain's voice. I want to make sure I stay close enough, amen, that regardless of what kind of storm comes. Now watch this. I'm going to preach this sometime too. Hallelujah. Because this has really been on my mind here, here late in the last six months or so. Going out and in. Out and in. New Testament talks about it. Talking about what Jesus Christ. It's even in the Old Testament. How God will allow us to go out and come in. Go out. How many of you are glad that you was able to be back in the house of God tonight? Amen. You hadn't been here since Sunday night. So you had Monday and Tuesday and today. The enemy is setting snares and traps. He's trying his best to mess you up. He's trying his best to keep you from coming. He's trying his best to get you to backside. From Sunday to Wednesday night. He's trying his best. He's stirring up. Amen. Everything you got your hurt feelings about. Everything that's got you in that sad look. And every time you come to the house of God. I'm going to tell you something. If it's a sad look to come to the house of God. It must be pretty bad. It better be. We don't like that. I, well, I can't help it. Because you can pet and you can pepper that carnality and that flesh. But I'll tell you right here, all flesh and carnality is going to, it's always been hostile against God. And it's always going to be hostile against God. You're never going to sanctify your flesh to love God. You do. Just let me know. I'll put you on a three day fast. We'll see how sanctified it is. <laughs> oh, I don't mean, I'm not trying to be ugly tonight, y'all. Really, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just telling you, God, God sent him back an anointing to the church. I believe this church is going to be everything the book of Acts is. And that was an anointing. Anointing of God. Amen. And he backed him up with wonders and signs. Because they preached Jesus. Hallelujah. We got to preach Jesus, folks. I'm going to tell you right now. We got to fall in love with Jesus and preach Jesus. And so as you watch this unfold, you can, I can take you to places. Amen. And you're going to see where in, in Numbers 7 and 1, where the anointing, amen, took place again in the tabernacle. Exodus 26 and 27. Amen. How that, that not only was a tabernacle anointed, but you're going to see where Moses shouted out the tabernacle of the congregation there and the ark 
Micah of the testimony and the table, amen, uh, of his vessels and the candlestick and the vessels, the altars, the altars had to be anointed. The candlestick had to be anointed. The altar of incense had to be anointed. Everything that was representing God in the tabernacle, which wraps up in Jesus Christ, has to be anointed. That's the reason our prayer meetings needs to be anointed. Our singing needs to be anointed. Our playing needs to be anointed. Our preaching needs to be anointed. Our altar service needs to be anointed. Every saint of God that walks in this house needs to be anointed. Everybody bringing their anointing. Hello, it may be a 30, it may be a 60, it may be a 100. But when you put it all together, amen, to glorify the head, to magnify the head, to exalt the head, hallelujah, something about it begins to magnify itself. So as you, you watch this, as the hand of God and the power of God begins to move and operate in the hearts and the lives and the souls, man, because they're going to give them to God. Uh, time won't allow me tonight, but we could go and we'll see times like with Ruth. Ruth, amen, following the instructions of Naomi. You know the whole story. I won't go through all that. But you know it come to the time in Boaz's field. And whenever Ruth let Naomi know whose field that she was gleaming from, Naomi gives Ruth instructions how to anoint herself. Sometimes anointing is, is related to perfumes. The aroma. The, the, it's the smell. It's, 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 it's this anointing, the anointing all that Moses... Amen. That was set aside. It was a special anointing. Not just anybody and everybody could. You couldn't just use it. It wasn't to touch flesh. It, it, was, it was restrictions set up for it. And so through these special uh, spices and ornaments and, 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 and fruits and all that was pressed and worked to bring this special anointing upon, upon these vessels. You, you couldn't just use it for anything. You couldn't take that same anointing and use it to burn a lamp. We'll preach to you a little bit. I'm telling you, the devil's got an anointing. And he's not have it, he don't have it just out in the world either. He's trying to make his roads, amen, into the church. He's got a fake anointing. It's not genuine. Oh, it's got the resemblance. I'm not being ugly, but I'm just going to be honest. I don't need another way to be. <laughs> That's the only way I know to be. I'm not smart enough to be any other way. Man, I mean, they pop their heads and they don't feel an ounce of nothing. You know why we probably don't experience some things? And this is one of the spirits that we're battling against today. It's an entertainment spirit. We're raising our children to be entertained. All the time. They can't hardly ride from here to Loosedale without having something... I'm not being ugly. I'm just telling you the spirit. I remember reading about, and I just can't seem to recall his name right now. I don't think it was Brother Haywood, but uh, anyway, one of the ministers that was very effective. You know how he started services? He'd sit out in the congregation with a wooden box on his head. They said he would actually sit in these services sometimes an hour or two while they worshipped and waited. They knew that he was not going to take that box off his head until God had spoken to him and anointed him and what to do. From that point. I can just imagine. <laughs> I might be like Brother Urshaw. I get the box off. Where'd they go? <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we, we live the fast lane. We, <laughs> to have the anointing, sometimes you got to wait on it. You can't rush God. You can't push God. You can't, put, you can't give God a limit. <laughs> God, if you don't show up in 15 minutes, I'm fixing to call the doctor. <laughs> Just go ahead and call him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you ain't going to hurt God's feeling if you want to go sit in that doctor's office for two or three hours. <laughs> oh, praise God. That's good preaching. Woo! Hallelujah. But we think it'll be a horrible thing if we come to the house of God and we have to wait about two. Hey, I watch it here. Amen. Sometimes when we, we stall out and just kind of wait a few minutes and sing it or something. <laughs> Praise God. We want it going. We want things happening. I understand that. But sometimes, you know what? We got to wait on the anointing of God. We want God's way. We got to wait on it. And if we'll be willing to wait, you know what? God, when he shows up. Because you watch it. I'd rather wait two hours on God than give him 15 minutes. Than huck and buck and do all that other stuff and put on a show. And leave here the same way you come, if not worse than what I came. Because the anointing of God makes all the difference in the world. I'm fixing to try to hurry through some of this. And so, likewise, you're going to notice, watch this. Psalms 23 and 5, thy anointest my, my head. Psalms 104 and 15, all to make his face to shine. It was the anointing of God that got a hold of Moses. In those times that he was in the presence of God. Folks, it's that anointing that you take outside of these services, buddy. You'll like that candle. You'll like that city on the hill. There's an anointing, amen, that brings a glow. That brings a shine to you. See, all, especially in the Eastern, in the Romans, the Greeks, uh, the Egyptians, they all done it. That anointing, amen. That anointing because in that dry climate and out in the sun, amen, it, they, they wanted to put that all on the face. And most of the time it was, it's on their face. We, we got sunblock today, amen. That's what we call sunblock, hallelujah. But they would put that all on, and it was the shining of the face. There's something about the anointing of God, how, how it caused us to glow. It caused us to have a, a different appearance about us, a different approach. And so that's what we're looking for, and that's what we're believing God for. Amen. To send that anointing. The revelations of 3 and 18 said, anoint thy eyes with eyes Sam. Why? We need a remedy. We need a healing. We can't see what's coming and what's going. Amen. Without the anointing of God. Amen. Without Paul. Paul would have never knew how the revelation had not the scales dropped from his eyes. Thank God for the anointing. Amen. That can remove the scale from our eyes. Help us see where we're at and who we are. Hallelujah. Because that's how we're going to get through this mess. That's how we're going to get through this pandemic. Amen. It's through the anointing of God that quickens our hearts and quickens our minds and moves on our behind as a church of the living God. Amen. To orchestrate and operate through this thing that'll be pleasing unto him. So we need that anointing of the eyes says. That's not all. We need the anointing on the shield. I'm telling you if we ever needed a morning, amen, for the warfare, the spiritual warfare, it's an anointing upon the shield. And the shield alone is not good enough. It's not well enough. I'm telling you when them fiery darts are coming, you better have a good anointing upon the shield. Old shields that was built in the old Testament. Many of them was built out of wood and out of leather. And they had on a regular basis. They'd have to take that anointing. You know, they've done that anointing. They get that all. And the Greek term, amen, for, all, for anointing is actually means rub. Got to rub it in. You just got to rub it in. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just got to hang around here long enough until it gets rubbed in. Hallelujah. Until it really gets soaked into us. Amen. Until it really gets soaked into the pores and gets into our spirit and gets into our hearts and gets into our minds. Hallelujah. But if we don't hang around long enough, it won't do us much good. Hallelujah. I, I thought about it. Amen. As I studying this out, as every once in a while, I get anointed when I'm coming through and shaking, especially some of our ladies' hands. Hallelujah. They tell me, I just got through. I just got through. It's amazing to me how often we put lotion. Why do we put that lotion on our hands? It's not because we want them to crack, is it? It's not because we want them to bust. Them. No, we put that on there. Amen. To keep that from happening. The anointing of God brings back life. The anointing of God puts spirit back into it. The anointing of God, amen, it causes those places. It begins to want to split and bust open. Hallelujah. Amen. It brings anointing in there. And it brings a healing. And I watch you. You watch what happened here. 
Saul in 2 Samuel 1 and 17. This is after the death of Saul and Jonathan. And David is lamenting over them. And in 2 Samuel 1 and 19, he calls them, The beauty of Israel is slain upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? He says, Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ascalon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. When you lose your anointing, it's just a matter of time. You're going to lose. If you don't make your way back in that place to find that anointing. And get a hold of that all. He asked the question, how did the money fall? In mountains of Gibor, let there be no dew. Neither let there be rain upon you. Nor fields of offerings, for there the shield of the money is vilely cast away. The shield of Saul, here it is, I want you to catch this. The shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed with all. Fiery darts is beginning to penetrate, beginning to affect you. Don't look around to blame somebody else. One of the first things that you and I can do, because if this is what caused the mighty to fall, who do we think we are? So David's helping us to understand that Saul's problem, he didn't keep his shield anointed. We've got to keep the shield anointed. If we're going to win this battle, if we're going to overcome those fiery darts of the enemy, because they're coming, they're shooting them. And I'm going to tell you it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. <laughs> not for the church. The pressure is going to come on, folks. Amen. It's going to get more. It could even get more violent here in, 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 in the United States. So we've got to have that shield of faith that can quench those fiery darts. Amen. First Samuel 10.1 says, Then Samuel took a vow of oil. This is a place where he had anointed Saul. Then 2 and 10, it talks about, The adversary of the Lord shall be broken in pieces, and out of heaven shall be thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and, shall, and he shall give strength unto who? Unto his king. And exhort the horn, exhort the horn of who? Of the anointed. Horn represents strength. That's where the anointing comes. That's, that's how it flows into our lives. Sister Moore, y'all can come get ready. Amen. If you feel like singing that song I'd mentioned to you, that's up to you. Um, we, we, want, we want this to happen to us. Uh, it's been in this house tonight. Man, the, the, the touch of God, the presence of the Lord, and the anointing of God that's upon our lives. Can I say this? You and I can't survive without the anointing. This church, and any church, when she loses her anointing, she may have church. She may gather as always. They may have. But if you lose the anointing, it's going to be different. And after losing that anointing and you lose your strength, you're going to start seeing other things begin to fall to the wayside. Process of time. Things that we once stood strong for and believed in. See, it's the anointing of God that kept it fresh. They kept it alive within our hearts and alive within our spirit. I didn't go to the scriptures, but let me back up just a minute. I brought you them scriptures that talked about Moses writing to him in Deuteronomy about taking those stones on the other side of Jordan. He said, you're going to cross over. He said, you take you 12 stones and you put them on the other side. You put that plaster on them and you write it. But if you read in Joshua, they took the stones but you don't read anything about them plastering those stones or writing the commandments on them. But I did notice something when I read those scriptures through. That something took place. I believe it's in the 14th chapter, 14th verse. Joshua. God magnified Joshua in their presence. As he called the shots, 
as you call with the Jordan River, that crossing over, and how the waters rode and they went on dry ground. And how they stood there and all the people come across and they took the 12 stones and placed them. The Bible says that God magnified Joshua. You know what I believe he's saying? I anointed Joshua. And in this anointing, I've, been, I've, I've said this before. The anointing can get you in trouble. The anointing can make people think, boy, you're somebody that you're smart. <laughs> they get to asking you all kinds of questions. And you're going, hey, i got to wait on the anointing, buddy. When God gives me something, I'll give you an answer until then. <laughs> I'm just telling you like it is. But when the anointing comes, and I'm going to tell you something. When God gives you something of the anointing, you go with it. But if it's not anointed of God. Now, if it's written here, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to pray over it. You don't have to fast about it. You don't have to do any of that. But when you need direction in life and decisions, we need the anointing of God. We need the anointing of the Lord. As we stand in this house tonight, and Luke 4 and 18 talks about Jesus Christ Himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book and He gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on Him. And He began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. It was none other but Jesus Christ himself. A man fulfilling the prophecy that was made about him. A man in Isaiah. I preached Sunday night from Acts the fourth chapter. We preached, amen, how that the disciples, amen, was brought and questioned about what power and what authority they had healed the lame man that was a gate beautiful. But on the latter part of that same chapter, starting at the 25th verse, Amen. As they, they begin, it says, Who by the mouth of the servant David has said, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against the holy child Jesus, they had actually come together now and had prayed and sought God, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod, Honest Pilate with the Gentiles, the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Now, Lord, behold the threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all the boldness they may speak thy words. You know what they're asking for? They're asking, amen, for anointing. They're asking for a move of God. And if you notice as you drop down a couple of verses and the Bible says that when they had prayed, the place was shaken place was shaken I didn't carry you to it but I could but tonight amen the Bible talks about the anointing that destroys the yoke yoke that's got us bound the yoke that's got us and you know what Jesus Christ has told us right the opposite he told us that his yoke is what easy and his burdens is light if you listen to the world and you listen to the flesh and you listen to carnality, they'll tell you it's hard to live for God. No, it's not hard to live for God. It's just according to who you get yoked up with. It's just according, amen, how much anointing you get under. And how often you visit that anointing. I stay under that anointing because it's the anointing of God that keeps, amen, the world and the things of the world and the spirits of the world and the demonic forces, amen, to yoke us and bind us up. What I'd like for us to do tonight, if you would, I want all of us just come together around. I want them to sing this song. It's been a, been a while since I've heard it. Amen. Maybe they can. Hopefully they can uh, sing this song. Uh, I want us to be anointed, church. I'm telling you, God's moved in this house tonight. I had a lot of more scriptures, but time's just not going to allow us. Amen. And I understand that. Uh, I want to take advantage of your time. You, you're so precious to come on Wednesday nights and children and jobs and things of that nature and, but I want you to listen to this let me ask them how many wants to be anointed of God I believe everybody in this house wants to be anointed of God the anointing of God when we face valleys and circumstances and situations even whenever we feel like that we have to deal with life all by ourselves you know what with the anointing of God we can do it whatever the journey is whatever the path is 
whatever the call may be. It doesn't matter how small or great it is. Where we find ourselves tonight with the anointing of God, we can finish this course. We can hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I don't care how much money you have or don't have here tonight. How many talents you got or don't have. Okay, where you act to God as far as society and the things of this world. Hallelujah, if you'll get the anointing of God in your life. If you'll keep the anointing of God in your life, you'll find out life is not near as hard to live. Amen. It's not. It's all wrapped up in the anointing. One of the things that you and I need to pursue in this pandemic is the anointing of God in it. So we can be the light that God wants us to be. Be the helper that God wants us to be. Because see, and I didn't get to that far, but I'll tell you what this anointing does. It brings peace. It brings unity. It brings right the opposite. Amen. Of what this pandemic and all these shots and all this is trying to do. The anointing of God brings right the opposite. And you and I, amen, as children of God, have a true revelation, understanding of where the real anointing comes from. When that anointing gets a hold of us, I tell you what it'll do. It'll put a bridle on our tongues and a watchman at our door. It'll help us, amen, to respond and handle things that are different. But if we don't get under that anointing, even, even, even you and I as Holy Ghost feel people, if we ain't careful, because the power's in the tongue and life and death is in the tongue. Offenses, amen, is in the tongue. Amen. But the anointing of God, an old-fashioned anointing of God, amen, is going to bring us out on the other side victorious. God bless you as they say. Uh, Brother Hively's uh, pastoral uh, anniversaries the, this coming Friday night, the 15th. Also, you've been invited to revival at Brother McKissick Nims. If you want to go part and be a part of that, come up and get your, the picture of it and get the dates of it and all that. Let me say one more thing tonight and I'll let you go. Difference between Saul and David. Saul did not 
come back and obey the man of God and get a fresh anointing in his life. David did. David done some things that's probably worse than what Saul done. But Saul would not get no fresh anointing on his shield or in his life. But David would come back. He'd repent and he'd get that anointing. Without the anointing, you can't make sound, good, healthy decisions. Without the anointing of God in your life, you're out there on your own trying to make them out of carnality in the flesh. And the enemy, amen, can set snares and traps and you won't even know it. But under the anointing of God, your eyes are open, your ears and your head and your thinking and everything in direction. And that's not all. When God anoints it, when God anoints it, it makes all the difference in the world, the outcome of it. I want the anointing of God in my life. How about you? Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. Love you. Any announcements? Friday night. Let's don't forget youths having a game night. Friday night in the fellowship hall. Any of you would like to come be a part of that? The youth. I don't know if it's a set number or whatever. You can come. They'll let you know. Praise God. If you got enough money, they'll let you stay. You just come on. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.